Hi, welcome to episode 34 of Invest in You. On this podcast is myself, Charlie Sandval, and my dad, Frederick Sandval. And today we are going to be diving a little deeper on cash flow because last episode we didn't cover exact, exactly everything. Yeah, so last time we were playing uh, the cash flow game. No, we weren't really. We were discussing the learnings from having played the cash flow game. Today we'll talk about cash flow in the real life. So I will share some ideas uh, how individuals and businesses sometimes struggle with cash flow and sometimes really make the best out of it. So Charlie will ask me a number of questions. Yeah. High level, we'll talk about some of the, the, the dreams or goals around your own cash flow. We will also talk about having those goals and how they can help you to get a path potentially. We will, of course, talk about the problems with cash flow for, for rich and for poor. We'll also talk about the, why cash flow is so essential, ultimately why you can make uh, important life choices. And uh, we are not financial advisors. Having said that, I have been running a number of businesses and I would say that I've got my own cash flow sorted as well. So, yeah, let's dive in, Charlie. Yeah, so we mentioned a, we mentioned the cash flow statement when speaking about the game. What was the what was that about the reminder? Right. So high level cash flow statement is just getting control of what are your incomes and what are your expenses and being so blunt to put that on a paper. Many of the banks can actually help you to do that. So you can almost get like a little report where you can see like here's the money coming in and here's how it disappeared. And here are the buckets where the money disappeared. Of course, you can also do this manually. So before we go into cash flow, can you remind us what is the difference between working for investing uh, in assets and working for a salary? Right. So I try to work mainly for creating assets. So I spend most of my time either refining assets, uh, working on how I can make the best out of existing assets and building very much for the long haul. So I'm not really working for a salary. I can almost guarantee that my salary is lower than most of the audiences. Guess why? Because I don't make my most money from my salary. Are you happy with your cash flow today? So are you, yes, you, the lovely listener, happy with the cash flow you got today? If not, well, we can always change, right? We spoke about change and you'll listen to this, which is a change in its own right. How would you like to change your cash flow goals for the foreseeable future so you might want to change it like you can change order this month you can stop some of the leaking things in your business or in the private life some of those direct debits which just disappears every single month do you even need them so setting up a goal and you might even have like a cash flow dream we'll come back to that number later as well what it might be yeah so can you tell the audience a bit about cash flow for business right yes absolutely but before even come into that i like to talk a little slightly more about cash flow aspirations often uh, people think about what what's like a well-paid job and that is different depending on where you come from and where you're in the world so for example in the uk a so-called high paid job is anything from like forty thousand pounds and upwards uh, and that is uh, not too far off uh, yeah around like 45, 50,000 pounds, sorry, US dollars, just to give you, you know, international audience, a benchmark. I would personally not say that that's a high uh, income. Why? Because the taxman usually takes a big chunk of that. And ultimately, you can't really live a high roller 
lifestyle at all on uh, maybe £25,000 or US dollars uh, a year. It doesn't really help you to get a fantastic home. Uh, you might want to have some luxuries like a car. Uh, you might have a family. Cash flow simply won't help you more than just break even. Right, so what does the cash flow dream look like? When I'm working with people, usually they just think about like in their in the best of worlds and then they double that. So many people talk about like a cash flow of a hundred thousand pounds. That's again that's a huge difference between having a hundred thousand pounds before or after tax. And uh, therefore, if you make it in a business and you can spend money before tax that makes a huge difference if it is after tax money then in most parts of the world you're pretty much left with half of that so again we're now down to 50,000 55 60,000 uh, depending on if you go for pounds or dollars so surely you have said to me as a joke that you are financially free what does that mean to you to me that means that i don't have to work but i get money Basically, yeah. So you 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 get uh, money from entitlement and, and some luck. That's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite true. The, my parents take care of me and give me money, but it's mostly taking care of me. So for me, in my way, is definitely being financially free. Right. Uh, so what is your financial freedom number? For most people, it's actually a lot less than you think about. If you strip out the things which cost you a lot in your daily life. Uh, you get rid of expensive debt, you tidy up uh, amongst those expenses, and all of a sudden you might have yourself uh, a financial freedom number, which is very much linked to your cash flow. And the cash flow which goes out every month, that is the number we are looking for. And for most people in the, in the Western world, that number is anywhere between uh, £2,000 uh, pounds to £3,000-ish. And that means basically if you're a so-called high-income earner, you pretty much you can survive and some on uh, like uh, as a family or as an individual forty to £50,000. Uh, or that's forty-five to £55,000 uh, US dollars, roughly. But that in the game cash flow, isn't it? Um, when you're financially free, you have more... Uh, passive income than your expenses. Yep, that's uh, that's uh, the next level. Now we are just talking about the the, the daily survival uh, in in your uh, life, so to speak. And then coming back to the goal. Often we are not the best person to set uh, our goals uh, for ourselves. We often need to be challenged. So you would hopefully have someone you can even talk to this about. It might be uh, a friend. It so hopefully someone who's further down the road than yourself. You might want to have a coach or a mentor to, uh, to bounce these ideas around with. Or you really need to have help because it's really hard to challenge ourselves. Uh, if you do what you always have done, you'll get what you always have got, right? And right in the middle of that statement is often if you think the way you always have thought, Again, you will get what you always have got. So you need to have someone to challenge your thinking. So have we gone into cash flow for businesses yet? No, we haven't. Not at all. Uh, we are still very much only uh, just setting up the, the framework for, for cash flow, what it might yeah. be. 
And uh, okay, let's go into cash flow for business. For business, it's exactly the same thing. Matching income with expenses. And the reason why most businesses go out of business is they don't have enough sales. Okay. Or they just have too many uh, expenses or not enough energy from the entrepreneur behind the business. Yeah. Do you think that uh, business failure has got anything to do with management? Yes. And uh, especially in this case, management of cash flow. Uh, cash flow can be just a juggling on a monthly basis. It can be planning. It can be forecasts. You can also have like buffers or reserves. You can also have uh, savings for uh, purchases, acquisitions or other investments in the business as well. Yep. It's great that you mentioned savings and reserves. And you also mentioned that sometimes you need to have external help. For example, we were just at a hospital to help someone out. And basically the doctor may be not the best person to perform surgery on himself. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So therefore the entrepreneur might not be the best person to see his or her own problem. So someone just to hold up the mirror to be the accountability partner, especially when it comes to setting a new direction to get someone to help really makes sense uh, everything from the planning to the follow-up and so on and so forth and we're still talking just about cash flow money coming in and out of the business or the person's life so dad what who would you recommend a coach mentor or a friend right so the advantage with a coach is that they can ha have you held to account they might not give you the answers because they have not been there before the mentor, on the other hand, he or she can help out because they have been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. So they might be more uh, straight shooting, give you more answers. A friend, well, it depends on the quality of the friend. Uh, can the, the friend be direct and challenging enough to, to make you to stretch, to do the tough choices maybe you have to do, and really to help you to see that actually, if you carry on doing what you're doing, you will fail. Yeah, it's important to know how qualified your friend is, exactly. how much he knows about whatever you're doing. Yeah, and also you can have a, a, a peer group. So, for example, one of the formats I use when we got uh, like more of mentoring groups, we got uh, an investor day, and there we call it peer consulting, basically where the people around the table help each other with a challenge, uh, obstacle, or opportunity and just hearing other people's perspective can be really useful and that also of course applies to how do you deal with your cash flow yes you to get it down on the paper that financial statement will for most of us be quite embarrassing when you start but then once you have it on paper now we can start to act in a much more productive way so are we done with uh, cash flow for business? We'll absolutely come back to it over and over. And it also crossovers to the, the individual part. Yeah, it's a pretty deep subject, right? Yeah, and also the fundamentals are both deep and shallow at the same time. So yeah. it's really a lot of common sense, but that's unfortunately not that common. Yeah. Well, let, are we going to go into cash flow individually? Sure. Go ahead. Cash flow individually. What does that say to you? Okay, it's just like with a business, and it's even more granular, granular, and uh, it links to how you 
spend your money in your uh, household. There is other layers which are even more uh, dominant here. One thing is emotions. So if we think we can, if we think we can't, either way we're right. So what does that mean for your personal finances? You might have some really bad behaviors uh, how you invest. It can also be that you are spending a lot and credit cards is really a temptation for us to overspend this month and we don't have to bear the problems until another month. Are you familiar with what a credit card does, Charlie? Yes. So what does it do, high level? It it gets you into debt. Yeah, exactly. Which can be a good thing. You can watch our other podcast. Yeah, exactly. You can use uh, the good good debt, bad debt uh, yeah. podcast. But I would say that a credit card maybe isn't the best way to... Exactly. Invest. And the reason for that is often they are carrying a high interest, which means yeah. that not only do you need to pay back, you also need to pay more, more and, and even more. more. Exactly. On, on top of that, uh, there are a number of so-called payday loans, which are horrible for your cash flow, where sometimes you have to not only repay the principal, but you might have to pay even more as an interest, which is crazy. Right, Charlie. What else springs to mind in terms of cash flow individually? You you were playing the game. Can you draw any learnings from that that we have not mentioned already? What do you mean? Uh, what the cash flow individually about what does as that you as you as a person? Me as a person. Yeah, examples of of things that can cost you a lot of money. Well, uh, if you have kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That uh, might take your cash flow down quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. So the kids will cost you one way or another. Uh, Other expenses. Yep. Loans and stuff. Exactly. So one tough thing to, to discuss with yourself, uh, maybe with your family, uh, is how do you relate to debt overall? And uh, how do you say about your home? Does it put money in your pocket or not? This home? Any Any person's home normally. Well, yeah. usually no. Only the bank's pocket. Yeah, exactly. If you have a mortgage on it. So therefore, if you do have a home, that usually means that you have a negative cash flow for your home, whether that's rented or you own it, uh, if you got maintenance on it or not, it's usually as a big fat minus, usually. Unless you are uh, give examples when a house isn't a yeah. For example, you might have liability. a lodger. Would it be possible to have a couple of people staying in this house? Yes. Yes, and would not require too many people staying here to pay for basically all the expenses either, right? Yeah. Another way to do it is to have events in this house. If you would uh, have a couple yeah. of events here a year, that means you don't have someone living here permanently. Uh, yes. For notes for the, the audience, this house is slightly bigger than a normal home. That means that we can have events here as well. That means you can have like a peak income. You might have, do you remember when we had theater here? Not once, but twice? Uh, yeah. Would it be possible to have a theater here and they actually paid uh, a ticket? Yes. Exactly. And would it be possible to fly in people from other countries and have them to stay here to do some kind of training? Yeah, sure. Would it be possible to take this house and to rent it out to someone getting married? 
A lot, a lot of things are possible, basically. Yeah, so you, you can actually use your home for lots of other income activities, assuming that you own it yourself. And there are some restrictions if you're renting it, because often the landlord will have some ideas and thoughts how you, how you may and may not use the, the house, of course. Yeah. So is there any difference from owning a house besides uh, not owning a house? I would say the biggest thing is maintenance. Usually the more expensive things linked to maintenance is uh, for the owner of the house. For example, if we were renting this uh, to paint the outside of the building, that would be the owner's responsibility. Yeah. Which one would you say is the best, owning a house versus... It really, house? really depends. Uh, yeah. I know many people I look up to and, and I see as mentors, they say, don't owe your home, rent it. The other people I look up to and also use as mentors and, uh, and role models, they say the opposite. Uh, it really, really depends. So we have not just one home, we've got a couple of them. Uh, and, and that worked for us. Uh, I like it that way. And we also have income from multiple of those homes as well. Yeah. So what, what do you say is the advantage of owning a house? Uh, yeah, it's mainly if you own the house as an asset, not as your home. Yeah. Where you can have substantially more income. And what about renting a house? Renting, same thing there. At least you know how much you will pay every month. Yeah. Uh, you can't have like a boiler uh, exploding. You need to pay for that as well. You might not have as many expenses. Yeah. On the other hand, if the market goes up, you can't really have any benefits from that either if you're renting. So if you take your former home in England, as an example... Uh, bought it uh, uh, around £300,000. It's now worth more than six fifty. in just a couple of years. Would you like to own that or rent it now, knowing what you know, that it's doubling price? Yeah, so um, if you just take that the ownership and the increase, we haven't sold this, we haven't made a profit, but assuming that we would sell it now, we would make a profit of more you think it will still go up than 300 uh, It depends on the time frame. Yes, I would say historically, property has, has gone up uh, but it link, links to how you see the the inflation. I see that uh, the property value goes up while the mortgages, assuming that you don't refinance all the time, that goes down. You might Which have... is a good thing, right? Exactly. So personally, I like to, to own the home, but it depends what kind of home you like to yeah. have. And you can rent a house so that... Oh, yeah. no, I yeah. Let's let's try to stick on on the, yeah. on the topic of Sorry. cash flow, which is the topic of today. So cash flow is great to rent because then you know how much your outgoings will be from a cash flow point of view. If you have a home or or something in in requirement of maintenance and repairs, etc., then you might not find it so easy to budget for those things. You might have something happening. To the house which is well outside what you could foresee for example you might have some horrible weather or something really damaging the, the property which uh, sometimes is covered by insurance but in the end of the day you usually need to pay for it first before you can even get the money back which leads into another thought in terms of the whole cash flow thing it's really interesting to see how tough it can be with cash flow because on one side you maybe shouldn't pay for something, but you might have to pay it out from your own pocket first. 
for example, if you're employed, then you might have expenses for your work, which means that you're basically becoming the bank for your employer. As an example, we have uh, recently booked a business trip to America, and that was paid with my private uh, credit card, which means that I will have to expense that to the company so that the company can reimburse me for that expense. So basically, I became the bank and I was using the cash flow, in this case from a credit card, uh, to, to just take that hit and also to have get better travel insurance. And in the end of the day, the business was paying off that, not myself personally. Okay, so cash flow, credit cards, income. There are many, many small business pieces to think about how to combine them. Yeah, so linked to that, uh, combining cash flow business and privately. Right, so one of the things I really like by being an entrepreneur is that actually a lot of the stuff I do are just pure business. So many things. Uh, pretty much all my car travel, uh, all the travel back and forth between different countries, etc. A lot of that is pure business. And that means that actually the business can pay for that, not myself. That means it's, it's like pre-tax money many times. That means it's a massive saving. So you might remember when we started this conversation, like a dream for many people would be to make like a hundred thousand pounds or so. And many other people who make a hundred thousand pounds, they actually get 50,000. So therefore you can live pretty much a 50,000, a hundred thousand pound lifestyle much easier by allowing the business to pay some of those things. Is tax really about high in England? 50%? Uh, It, Depends, but yeah, you can you can come up to fifty percent, and in Sweden you can come up to even higher than that, especially if you start to include like uh, VAT, value added tax, and many things. You can see how in Sweden, in some instances, if you're a high income earner and you do that in your own business, you can give away more than three quarters of the money you make. Not so very good. Not very good. So you will have less than twenty five percent of the money in your pocket as your own cash flow. So even if the cash flow looked really nice, the the pocket money for you might be very little in the, in the end. Yeah. If you compare that, if assuming that you made one, one pound or a hundred thousand pounds and, and the business can use that money, either you can have a hundred thousand pounds in the business or you can have 25,000 in your pocket. Which would you rather? Uh, in the business. In the business, exactly. Which means that you can take 50,000 and invest it and uh, and you can still pay yourself to much, pretty much twenty five thousand pounds because the business now used the money and you bought it to buy investments. So ultimately, the cash flow from your investment, instead of just paying away all in tax, will be a positive cash flow for the future. I see lots of really good reasons why to combine, but also keep very very clear boundaries. Depending on where you're in the world, you got very strict rules what you can expense and what you can't. You also got very strict rules on how you can uh, use things privately or in the business. And I would say the money that you pay to your accountant, you should make more money from the accountant's money than you actually do pay them. What does that mean? Well, ideally they should be able to give you tax advice worth more than their fees. So if you pay a really good accountant, 
they know more tax rules, so you therefore will get more tax benefits. Are you with me? Yeah. Right. Okay, good. So, yeah, there are many, many more things we can mention around this, but uh, let's crack on. Okay. Usual money or cash flow problems for the rich. Right, so examples of problems for many of the rich. Uh, for example, you might need to have financial advisors because you have too much money to invest. And and the link to financial advisors are usually fees. You might uh, have so much money that you might even need to have almost like a little whole office to deal with that. That is called a family office. And we will have multiple people from family offices talk on this podcast later. So we've got one family office from India where the advisors actually manage not only their own funds, but also other families' funds. So that's an example of uh, financial advisors, uh, etc. Right, uh, what else? Um, when you are richer, you might have kids that are more spoilt. <gasps> so what does that mean? Well, um, when we play the game, the, the higher the income, the, the more expensive the kids became, right? So Everything you, became more expensive. Exactly. So you tend to yeah. spend more when yeah. you make So you, you might want to have the kids to have a similar standard of, of clothing. It might be that you like to send to a better school. It might be uh, upgrades, etc. Uh, so the whole lifestyle for you, if you expand that to not just one person but multiple people, it adds up to quite a lot. So, for example, if you like to fly a business class for one person, yeah, steep price, but not too as bad as to have the whole family of, of four plus a dog to fly a business class. Yeah, so now we know a little bit about cash flow problems for yeah. rich. What yeah, about? I got many, many more. Uh, Do you want to carry on? Yeah, absolutely. So, and another problem is, of course, if you earn a lot, then you usually tax a lot. So you need to get uh, your head around that in, in a smart way. Uh, and also, you might have other problems with, with uh, not necessarily cash flow, but uh, the whole rich and poor thing that people might uh, have feelings about them and their lifestyle, etc. You, of course, can find also that often the more money you have, the more money you can usually make. You have all of a sudden unlocked a whole level of different investments, which does require a higher level of financial IQ. So unless you like to lose big, then you need to know a lot or you need to have lots of good advisors to help you. And uh, if you don't know a lot, those advisors will cost you a half fortune as well. Yep. So that was the rich uh, cash flow problems. And what yep. about cash flow problems for poor or not uh, yep. pretty poor? Yeah, so what would be the first one springing to mind? If you're poor, you don't have too much money. Exactly. So therefore, what usually happens to your cash flow? You don't get as much. You don't get as much. So there's not really any flow. It's usually a big fat minus. So to have a lack of money in the first place is a huge problem. Not to have enough income is another problem. Not to have the right advice is another one. Often when you or not so well off, you're usually in a job working for a salary or you're self-employed for whatever reason. And that usually means that you are not really optimizing the tax at all. You are usually ending up having to pay a lot of money that some other people might not have to pay. Uh, another thing is, do you know what happens to the cost of living? 
It goes up. It goes up. So the cost of living goes up all the time and the salary increase usually doesn't match that at all. And then, of course, with uh, the increase of, of, of everything, uh, what happens with the uh, taxes usually in most countries? Well, it goes up too. Yeah, exactly. So you don't make enough money in the first place. The taxes are, are hitting you hard. And then there are even more taxes on the way. Uh, and one thing leads to the next. So therefore, to get out of, of a, a poor position, uh, is that easy or, or hard? Well, uh, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing which is linked to what happens when you finish work, when you're like 65, 70 years old, what usually happens at that time in life? Well, your money decreases. Yeah. You you maybe, you've maybe quit your job. Yeah, exactly. And you might have retired. Usually if you're not so well off or you might even be poor, then the money you have put into assets or, or savings like your... Uh, 401k or your pension money it might not be much at all so that means ultimately that you will go from poor to worse yeah and uh, that will be exactly the same for the cash flow as well so you might have, have made whatever uh, and then all of a sudden you know into the retirement space and unfortunately most countries will not really cater that well for their retirees yeah that's why it's a good idea to invest in your knowledge so that you can get out of that situation yeah that's right okay cool so we have been speaking a lot around cash flow i i would like to speak for this for three four more days uh, i can't i'm not allowed cash flow what can i say about it best advice if you are in business try to invoice really early or even better get paid before you even have done the job for example in consulting you can actually choose to pay, sorry, get paid after you've done the work, which is the most common. Would it be possible to ask for the money before you even have started? Well, yeah. Exactly. So you but might. It's less common. It's less common, but if you don't ask, you can't get. And uh, in a similar way, assuming that you you sell merchandise, is it possible to sell that before you even have the product? Yes. Uh, if you have got like an Amazon store, is that possible that you can actually connect the dots? So you're almost like an affiliate. So you've got the producers in China and you've got the customers well, in England and you don't need to even touch it as long as you've got the right systems. Yeah. What does that do to your cash flow if you can take the money in first before you need to pay it? Well, then you can uh, directly invest. Uh, well, yeah, the faster the better, basically. Yeah, exactly. The most common, though, is that you have got your expenses first before you get the income. This is the big nut to crack for most companies. And that is why many companies are crashing. Because the sales, even if they go up a lot, you can't afford. Because you have all of a sudden, you have sold so much, so you can't afford to deliver. Because your expenses are first. You might have staff cost. Uh, you might have cost for materials. And all of that stuff happens before you get paid. Which means ultimately if you're really successful. You might make yourself bankrupt. Well yeah. So you go into liquidation because you can't pay. Because you were too successful. Which is really ironic. Yeah. 
there way, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are ways to to work around that how you can get your cash flow better by, for example, using it's called factoring. So basically, you you sell your invoices for a discount, which means you can get paid today instead of getting paid like thirty, sixty, ninety, or one hundred twenty days later compared to when you actually do need to have the money. But yeah. it's all linked to how well you are set up. Okay, so what else would I like to advise? Uh, the opposite. If you have got payments, often they can be deferred. Often they can be deferred even for free. So, for example, if you got a credit card, you often buy yourself between 30 to 60 to 90 days or sometimes even a whole year free of paying interest, which means basically that's money for free. Obviously, I would super highly recommend that you do pay them before they are due. So that means that you pay off all credit cards before you go into any kind of fees. What else can you do which is linked to cash flow, Charlie? Anything else brings to mind while well, I think? Mm, well, great to keep track of your sales and stuff and uh, your cash flow, of course. Yeah, yeah. Writing it down on paper and so. Exactly. So what Sean is talking about there is to have an accounting system which is up to date. So not an accounting system which is done one and a half years later in terms of when it's time to send in your details to HMRC or the IRS. Uh, so that's the tax authority. So of course, I mean, if you have your papers up to date, that means you're also much more likely that you actually send out those invoices in time. It also means that you can see in your accounting system that those invoices are overdue, which means you can all of a sudden just do appropriate follow-up. So that means you can get the money which is owned to you. Great comments, Charlie. Uh, thanks for triggering that thought. What else linked to cash flow? I like cash flow. When it's going my way. I don't like when it's going the other way. Yeah. Uh, to take an example from, from property. Often when you do property investments, the cash flow is really, really bad. Because what happens is you buy a house and there you've got lots of expenses to actually buy the house. There are lots of fees, there are taxes, all of a sudden. And then there's so many money going out and it will take almost forever to get the money back. Uh, and that's one reason why I often use like to have a loan or some kind of leverage. So some of the money is not yours. Uh, and that means you might all of a sudden have uh, a cost for a loan. And assuming that you got a rent, that means that you hopefully have got a surplus in cash flow there. You can use that surplus either to pay down the debt in part or in full. You can also, of course, uh, make a profit and, and that adds to your cash flow. But be honest with yourself. What is the, the true cash flow from this property? And I would never like to buy a property where I have to subsidize the cash flow for the hope value of future capital gain. I like to have positive cash flow from, from the day when it's tenanted even better from the day when you purchase it. So some people I know, they buy fully tenanted houses. I usually like to add even further value to force appreciation. So yeah, different thoughts around cash flow. But cash flow can kill property developers. It can kill property investors just because it's so cash intense. So you don't have any liquidity. Liquidity is basically where you got all the money at hand in an easy and fast way. And this, the property is just the opposite of that. Yeah. What else, Johnny? Any other thoughts today? Not really yet. 
Right, so we have been speaking about cash flow. We have talked about how important it is to set up some kind of like direction to get your papers in order, both for for today and also if you got the papers in order for today, means you're also in a better position to sort out the tax situation later. Uh, we also spoke about cash from an individual point of view and business, and then also the possibility to combine the two as long as there are very clear boundaries of your money and the business money and you make that right that can be good for your cash flow so a lot of my expenses are corporate expenses which means that in the end of the day i don't even need to make as much money because a lot of that is paid by the business or someone else yeah okay final thoughts charlie or Shall we say, see you next time? See you next time. All right, so we'll say, see you next time. And last thing, five-star review, as always, really appreciated. Yeah, and uh, also, for those of you who listen to this in time, we highly recommend that you subscribe so you don't miss out on episodes. Yeah. Uh, the quality gets better and better, guests gets more and more exciting. We are about to do a business slash study trip across Europe. We will also go to America and we hope to be able to interview a couple of smart people while we are on a masterclass in negotiation at Harvard Law School. So hopefully we've got some great content coming for you over the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Take care. Bye. Bye.